Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. So we're going to begin today with Galatians. And I want to just talk a little bit about the background for the book of Galatians. Of course, the Apostle Paul is the author. It's possible that Galatians was the very first book written in the New Testament. In fact, scholars go back and forth between Galatians and 1 Thessalonians as to which was the first uh, letter written in the New Testament. If it was indeed the first, it was probably written somewhere around 47 to 48 A.D., immediately after Paul's first missionary journey. And so the major themes in the book of Galatians are salvation found only in Jesus Christ. That's an essential New Testament doctrine that's conveyed in Galatians, and it would have been appropriate if this was his first letter, Paul's first letter, for him to emphasize that and to include it in the letter. He also deals with Judaizers, so-called Judaizers, those who wanted Gentiles to first become Jews before they could enter into a relationship with Jesus. He deals with Judaizers and the grace and uh, those who have been mixing grace with Jewish law. And so this is something that comes down to us even to our day. This is an issue, um, uh, legalism, whether it's Jewish legalism or other types of legalism, anytime you have uh, requirement, Jesus plus something to be approved before God, you slide into legalism. And so we're approved before the throne of God by virtue of what Jesus has done and faith in Jesus and grasping the sacrificial atoning death of Jesus given to us as a free gift for our salvation. And so we are to be repentant. We are to live holy and so forth. But this idea of early believers having to be circumcised and so forth was debunked by Paul and others. And so reading today, Galatians chapter 1, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me, to the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we've already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. 
I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son in me so that I might preach Him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia. Later, I returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him fifteen days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing you is no lie. Then I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report, the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, and they praised God because of me. I love Paul's introduction to this letter. He writes, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And so right out of the gate, Paul is throwing down the gauntlet, saying that he has been sent by the Messiah. Jesus Christ is Jesus the Messiah and God the Father. And he mentions the resurrection of the dead all in the the first sentence. You see, friends, the early church was focused on the resurrection of the dead. When they preached the good news about Jesus, they always included the word of the resurrection from the dead for two reasons. One, because it was the great proof that he was the Son of God and that he was able to raise himself from the dead on the third day. And secondarily, he is the great down payment of those who are to be raised from the dead, our older brother who's gone before us into the resurrection. Because we have faith in Jesus Christ, we too will be raised from the dead in due season. So Paul writes as an apostle, one who is sent out, not sent by men, not sent by some a religious authority, but sent by Jesus himself and God the Father. This is his um, apostolic introduction. And he goes on to talk about the fact that some have come in preaching another gospel, that somehow Paul alludes to having mingled the law and grace. Verse 6, I am astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. So they're deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ. This um, a grace of Christ is what Paul had preached. Verse 7, the different gospel is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. And then Paul makes a statement that should resound through all ages. He says, if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one that was first preached to you, let them be under God's curse. So there is one good news story about Jesus. There are no additions. There are no amendments. There are no changes down through the ages. There are no discovered new writings that need to be included in the canon of Scripture. The gospel, as it was first recorded in the first century and comes down to us today in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then Paul and others preaching it in the New Testament, this is the original gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. And if anyone wants to add to it through later writings and Gnostic gospels and these other false books that are in circulation today, Paul says, let them be under God's curse. And to that, uh, we say amen. Anyone that would pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ, let them be under the curse of the Almighty. Paul goes on, And as we have already said 
So now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. And so, friends, I know from my life as a pastor that some begin well in the faith um, of Jesus Christ, and then they get lured into the cares of this world, of course, but also into cults. The various cults are, are really good at picking off young believers. And they come with another gospel where Jesus is something less than the Son of God and part of the Godhead himself. They come with another gospel that Jesus is a prophet, but he's not the Son of God. They come with another gospel that say, yes, he's the Messiah, but not the Son of God. Anything that diminishes Jesus from the Messiah and the Son of God and part of the Godhead is a false gospel and a false religion. And so Paul wanted them to know in the early Galatian church, he wants you to know the same. Verse 11, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. So Paul is conveying the information to us here that Jesus himself had enabled Paul to perceive the gospel story and had revealed it to Paul uh, personally, given him an exposition of the scriptures and perhaps uh, an explanation of his life and what took place in his atoning death, burial, and resurrection. Paul was a distinguished Jewish scholar, but he didn't rely on his great learning his scholarship for his relationship with the Lord. He says that he's called by grace. In verse 13, Paul writes, For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how I intensely persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb, called me by his grace, that's the key there, called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult with any human being. So Paul is talking about a a personal relationship with the Almighty, that he received his apostolic calling from the Lord Jesus Christ and from his Father, God the Father. And he came to preach among the Gentiles. That was the directive word that the Lord gave him to spread the the good news among the Gentiles. So Paul was virtually unknown in parts of Israel itself. He writes in verse 22, I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. Well, why is that? Because he was sent to the nations. Paul's three missionary journeys as recorded in the book of Acts and um, the various letters, the New Testament epistles that he wrote to the places he had visited on these journeys. This was the spread of the early church. Paul was instrumental not only in writing down early Christian doctrine in his letters, but in actually planting churches in the known world throughout the Roman Empire. Uh, These three missionary journeys, and perhaps even a fourth one is alluded to in the life of Paul, these journeys were unparalleled in church history in terms of the impact and the spread of the gospel. He said the reputation among the churches of Judea for Paul was, this is the man who formerly persecuted us, and he's now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. They praised God because of me, Paul said. Now, I don't know about you, but I had a before. I was formerly involved in pleasing my own flesh, going my own way, trying to satisfy myself with whatever means this life had to offer. And now I find myself preaching the faith I was once not interested in. The report may have gone out in years gone by that I was uh, not a very upstanding citizen. I was involved in many things I should not have been involved in. But now 
the report about me is I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm pointing to Jesus in messages and sermons and books and articles that I write. I'm not pointing to myself, friends, and I'm not pointing to you uh, today and saying you need to look on me as someone special. You need to look on the risen Lord Jesus Christ and hold him with eyes of adoration as Paul did. Lord, may we never mingle the gospel of grace with another uh, gospel that involves law and legalism. Lord, protect us from legalism. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.